We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. everybody welcome to gaming golf brought to you by the folks at WinBet. we appreciate their continuing sponsorship through the golf season here jeff ritter scott jensen and jeff erickson here to preview the american express review the sony and maybe go over our season-long uh, draft that we did last week as well uh the sony was a birdie fest uh an eagle fest in some cases many cases uh capped off by a brilliant shot by hideki masayama in the first playoff hole on 18 after we rallied a tie on 18 again uh, against Russell Henley. Uh, guys, uh, it was up against the NFL playoffs, but let's face it, a lot of those playoff games were blowouts, so we could spend a, a good, decent amount of chunk, a chunk of time watching these games. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a kind of a dud NFL weekend, right? <laughs> Not to... We don't, we don't, we don't trash. Uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's good for gaming golf business to to just uh, try to go head to head with uh, the NFL, but it wasn't a great NFL weekend. And Sony was I, awesome. It was very I had, good I had, for I our respective enough, teams. But yes. I had enough stress and angst in my one NFL game that it made up for all the other ones, though. So yeah, yeah, and me too. And uh, you know, hey, for, someone sent me a text about a Bengals playoff win for the first time ever. Uh, texting did not exist. It was. Did, did, did you see the clip that uh, the last time the Bengals won a game, the on-field reporter for that game was OJ Simpson? I did not see that. That's that's amazing. Wild. It was him interviewing Sam Weish after yeah. after one of their playoff wins that season. I was like, a lot has changed in the world since that clip. Yes, it has. Yes, it has indeed. Nordberg, uh, as we you know, he was Nordberg then, and not yep. you know, lovable Nordberg guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a fun weekend, but it was fun for golf too. It was a good, you know. Some some guys missed the cut. Cam Smith, notably, uh, was a big miss. Uh, a couple other guys that we uh, expected to contend did not make it. Sung J.M. did not make it. I used him in one and done because I'm an idiot. I think we even mentioned Russell Henley on this podcast. You guys were over Leishman, and I want to differentiate, and I want to do it in our pool. I used him. Now I've burned him and got nothing and liked it for him. So you you said your one and done pick on the podcast was Russell Henley, and then I know when I chickened out. I'm so bad. I'm the worst human oh. ever. Oh, 
I was all, I was all ready to give you props for that pick too, and I have to, I got to give props to Jeff Ritter for Kevin Kisner. I said he was un, I said he was overpriced. I didn't like him in the eight thousands. Finished his third, I think. So uh, yeah, Ritter had uh, Ritter had the best of me on that one for sure. That was a, that was an excellent pick with Kisner. Yeah. Well, it's a President's Cup year. We have to keep that in mind uh, when when looking at these guys long term. Um, but yeah, you win some, lose some. I didn't realize. I thought you had Headley in the one and done. I didn't realize. Uh, I know. I should have. I, I you know honestly. I think I had Leishman. I was like, oh, these guys are going to totally have Leishman. I'm going to pivot. I forgot that I mentioned Henley, even though I used him in DFS, mind you. But whatever. I do have – but I do have Hideki in our season-long league, which we did the auction for on Tuesday night. So it was, there's still silver linings everywhere there. But uh, fun draft, as always. Uh, 15 t- teams this year. We added Adam Schefter and Kyle Soppy, their, their t- partnership there. And, uh, you know – Adding an extra team didn't make makes it a little bit more difficult there. That's you know nine more golfers that get drafted uh, and a little bit you know I, I think it lowered the cost of some of the top golfers. Uh, none of us were the big spenders. I, my I, I think I had the highest price guy among the three of us with Brooks at thirty five, but he was not in the top ten of golfers uh, in terms of price. I I had a forty two in there, so I was. Oh, I'm there. sorry, I missed you. You got DJ. Yeah. DJ. Oh, you're you're profiting off of my mistake from last year. I like it. You got him thirteen dollars cheaper than he went last year. Yeah, and I was very, I was very much like I wanted two thirty dollars guys and a twenty dollars guy, but then I just DJ at forty two. I just thought was was good value off last year, so I, I adjusted a little bit. But uh, in the uh, you know a lot of those mid range guys, Cam Smith, we're talking about, he just won. He, Cam Smith went for forty bucks, which I could not believe. But um, you know, off the win and off playing well, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Give me DJ at forty two. I gotta think he wins again this year and live at every major. So I. Uh, I kind of uh, I kind of adjust on the fly. I like to get a little more balanced team. Like I think Jeff Ritter has the more balanced team, um, and obviously Jeff, you do too. If you're 35 for Brooks, but uh, I just kind of I bit the bullet there because I, I like the value. I've just found in this auction that going for that one superstar can really break your season, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily make it either. Uh, so I, every time we've done this auction, I always find myself in that second half going, oh, I wish I had $10 left for that. There's just all the huge bargains, really, whatever bargains there are, you know, seem to happen in the second half. I always find the first half guys kind of go about what you're thinking they're going to go for. So I've, I've recalibrated my strategy over the years of, of getting beaten up in this league where I haven't come in last since, you know, maybe my third or fourth year joining and I've, I've made a couple top threes. So I like the balanced team. I try to, there are a couple times I, I splashed around. I think I was in the JT bidding. I, I thought 50 was maybe a little low for Thomas. Um, and I was in the speed bidding, and that one still stings a little bit because I think he was a bargain at 33 or 34. But other than that, my plan was I'm going to hang in the 20s, low 30s, and just pick off bargains the second half of the draft, yeah. which I feel like I was able to do. Yep. So, Your yeah. roster, Sam Burns at 26, Patrick Reed, everybody's favorite lovable, cuddly guy at 25. Uh, you got Kisner at 11. So you backed him up. You, you, our talk, you got him in the tournament too. Had to. <laughs> yeah. You had the destroyer of T uh, T boxes and, uh, Van Royen at nine, Gary Woodland creatures at nine. Also that's, that's, there's some balance there. You not nah seven Palmer at five. That, that is a good solid team. Jaeger Meister was not has since been dropped. Uh, your first drop of $4 player and Patrick Rogers at four. You did not have a single $1 player, which is, Quite the opposite of me. I have like five one dollar players, uh, which I didn't really plan on doing. But I it, actually Seamus Power broke my budget a little bit. I went Kepka thirty five, Matsuyama twenty nine, uh, and then and then after that, what else did I do? Uh, 
I did uh, Webb Simpson, which I'm already having some regret on at 19. He did not have a good weekend. Uh, or He made the cut, but that's about it. But I made up for it with Seamus Power at nine. Uh, kind of a frivolous fill pickup at four. And then my $1 guys are Kyle Stanley, Mark Hubbard, Roger Sloan, and John Huh. I'm, I'm happiest about Stanley because I actually was, – that was a target. Uh, I think he's a good ball striker. Yeah. Tragic putter, but you just put – you know. Why lie? I mean, that was a great place for anybody to putt. You just get it on the green and good things happen. I think Hideki is really like, that's one of the lessons like Hideki at 29. He's a top 10 player in the world when he's, when he's on. I just, I think I undervalued him last year. Cause you know, it happens a lot where guys win their first major and they go into a little bit of a, a swoon, like life changes. And it just, I don't know. It just, that's a career that shakes up your career when you win that first major, but Hideki really has not. It's just, he's just been on the gas pedal his whole career, really his whole time out there. He's just such an incredible ball striker uh, that he can travel anywhere. Like 29 is too low for, for Hideki and it paid off for you right away last week. Yeah. I, 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 I haven't profited yet, but I've made, I've made the 29. I feel like, you know, book yeah. that one win. Uh, and then Scott's team. DJ at 42. We talked about that. Burger at 30. That was one I liked, Scott, a lot. I, I'll I bet, think. yeah. We were we were in a little fire for that one. That one's that one stung too. Uh I'll be watching that. <laughs> uh J Day at eight. I, I, I we're gonna talk about him a little bit more on this podcast today. So we'll I'll, I'll save comment then. Uh Keegan Bradley at six. Uh Aaron Rye at four. Vague Johnny Vegas. I love that one at three. Uh I like that I really one too. like him too uh alex smalley at three uh lucas glover at two that's already paid off pretty nicely for you yep. and taylor moore at two so uh, a note one dollar players for either of you guys and four one dollar players for me so two different ways of going let me before we start breaking down this tournament real quick do you guys find that you want to roster your season-long golfers in dfs I do at this time of year because you, you drafted them you feel good about them right they haven't broken your hearts yet so uh I do kind of lean that way where um, I still feel good. I feel like my gut was right. I want to lean into it and see if we can profit, you know, in more ways than one. Yeah, I try and separate it. But yeah, I mean, it's always guys that I, I think are going to have good seasons. So I end up liking for DFS too. I went, I probably went one rookie too many, but I figured we added a couple of uh, drops this year. So I figured I can see how these guys play for two or three weeks and then maybe pick up a veteran who's going to play more often. But I kind of wanted to get in on, you know, Smalley and Taylor Moore and Aaron Rye. I think all have some have some upside, but the thought that, you know, those first, these first three or four weeks, I'll probably end up dropping one or two of them for someone who's either playing better or a, or a veteran guy. But uh, I think that uh, I wanted to get in now just in case they start hot and they would be hot pickups otherwise. Yeah, I wanted to drop Roger Sloan right away. I was uh, I was immediate regret on that, but I did, I decided against picking up Hatong Lee. Uh, I thought about that for a second, and I just see he never plays. So uh, we'll see about that. But that was kind of a sponsor's exemption sort of thing. hard to play too often. You end up doing nine hours of the driving range after every round. It's hard to really play very often. <laughs> right, exactly. Dude, never uh, ever he never leaves the range. It's crazy. <laughs> we we share a similar ethic for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's jump into. Uh, this week's tournament, the American Express, we're now uh, the contiguous 48 states out of Hawaii. Uh, so it's but it's still the West Coast uh, aspect of it there. And I think that's going to be a continuing theme in these next few podcasts. Who plays well out West? Um, and we start off with uh, Palm Springs. We got three different courses. We have the amateurs back this year. We have a 54 hole cut. We have some short courses. Should be another birdie pass a fest. But 
it also should be another one where the rounds take forever because the amateur is playing too. Yeah, better. It's a better event to watch on TV than try to play in, right? Because this is just be a grind. Uh, but you're right. I, the stadium course, the stadium course presents some challenges, but the other two in the in the rotation are are gettable. Uh, you would expect twenty something under par is probably going to win this event. Um, you probably again look at ball striking, uh, but really it's just I I think you just look at guys who are just aggressive and can make a lot of birdies and just when it's time to go low, they go lower. That's that's really the mentality at this one. Yeah, it's one of these events where anybody can win. Like a lot of times we got we get to a major and like there's only so many guys that can really win. There are a ton of guys in this weekend, guys from way in the back of the pack have won in the past. Uh, but 12 of 13 winners have played in one of the one, at least one of the two Hawaii events coming in. So you got again, we talked about last week how we like guys playing in the TOC and the Sony. I like guys that have played one or you know, one uh, one tournament already. A couple of guys talked last week, like just kind of getting out there and used to it. That first couple rounds is big when you're not it's not your first your first round of the of the season. Um, you know, the stadium course, the, uh, the, it's not, uh, it's not really a bomber course. You have to kind of place it. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of places you have to lay up. So maybe some of those longer guys can club down and help some out, but anybody can win here. Jeff mentioned the winning score last eight years. It's been 20 under or better. So he was right, right in that range. Um, the easiest par fives on tour since 2012, you look at overall scoring, uh, the most, uh, most under par and par fives on the whole tour is, is this event right here. Wow. Um, so you should expect some Eagles, uh, yep. and, you know, look for the people that can punish those par fives, right? Yeah, and and La Quinta's back, and La Quinta is like one of the two or three easiest courses on the whole tour. And it was it was off. Uh, they only did two courses last year with some COVID stuff, so it, it's back. You're gonna see. You, you may that is where we get 59 watches. You get a lot of 61, 62s. It's uh, it's just one of those things. You get, you got it. You got to make sure you get La Quinta your one of three days, and, and score on the other courses too. Indeed, indeed. Um, because of the three different courses, I got to imagine if you're doing a first round prop, you know, got to make sure you know where they're playing because you, know, you don't want them on the stadium course. You want them on the other two. Or if you're playing a showdown on DraftKings, you want to, uh, you want to make sure you rack up uh, the Laquita guys and the Nicholas course guys also. It's just, uh, you, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. But I got to imagine they're, they're pretty, yeah. And showdown. Yeah. For like head to heads, they're going to probably most more than likely match them up. They will against like courses at least. So you got that. But like drafting showdown, you get everybody in the first round. So it's big. You want to, you want to make sure you, you max out those Lakita guys. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just as a heads up on that, let's uh, like look at the field. There's actually, it's a pretty decent field. There's some big names, including the biggest name. John Rahm is here. He's at 11, three Patrick Cantlay is at 10, nine Scotty Scheffler is at 10, six Tony Finau at 10, two Scott. We'll start with you today. Uh, what do you, what, what do you, what interests you out of this tier? Uh, I'm surprised how highly priced Scheffler is. I really like him this season, but I can't pay 10-6. Um, as, as we'll break down the field, I don't love a lot of guys in the 6, and I love the 9,000 range, so I think I might not be in this range very much. If I had to go somebody, um, probably give me the 400 bucks savings in, on Cantlay. The last three tournaments, first, first, and fourth. He's just falling right now, but I could read you 9,000 um, great things about John Rom too. So you want to pay up for him. I don't have a problem there, but I mean, the, the last, uh, the last, uh, the last stretch of his tournaments are just unbelievable. He's got seven top tens last eight tournaments. Like that is, that is bonkers. Good. Um, so yeah, if I'm paying up, it's Rom or Cantlay. Um, I'm not playing Scheffler or Fino over 10,000, but I think I might sneak in more into the nines this week. Cantlay finished with a 61 uh, last year. Also uh, round the fourth round. So even at the of course. Yep. Yeah. It's stadium. Yeah. That's, I think um, I think I would pay up for Cantlay. I mean, I think Rom. It's hard to really 
they just they're the deserving favorites of this one. They both are really at the peak of their careers, you know, in this moment. Uh, I'm tempted to maybe take the discount on Cantlay over Rom if I had to go off this tier, and uh, I like Cantlay a lot. Not to not to look too far ahead into the podcast when we make some other predictions, but I like Cantlay a lot this week. I think I think he's about to start a big year, and this is you know it's one of his honey tracks to begin with. Um, I'd go with Cantlay off the tier. Is there a chance that Rom goes lesser rostered because of the the Cantlay's presence? Because I think Cantlay is going to be like heavily rostered. Uh, I think Rom will still be a little bit higher, just name brand recognition. But I mean, I, they're probably yeah. pretty close. I think a lot of people will start their team with one of these two guys. Yeah, I'm notoriously bad at predicting uh, ownership. So um, if you want, if we'll... you want, if you want low roster though, Scotty Scheffler ten six right in the same range. Like I can't imagine anybody's clicking that one. Yeah, uh, it, it's unless you are a major Scheffler partisan. I, I get it there. I'm with you on that. Okay. Second tier, the $9,000 tier, Sung Jay at 9.9, Taylor Gooch, 97. It's the last time you saw him at 97. Seamus Power, 95. When's the last time you saw him at 95? Friend of the podcast, even though he doesn't realize he's a friend of the podcast, Corey <laughs> Connors at 94. Matthew Wolf, 93, party of five, except he wants to be party of three. Uh, Abraham Answer at 92. Will Zalatoris making his season debut or, 2022 debut at 91 and Russell Henley at 9,000. How often do you shoot a 65 on Sunday and be considered a disappointment? There you are, Russell Henley. Henley's just had, he's had some final round bad luck, hasn't he? I mean, he played yeah. attention last year, a couple times in majors didn't happen. Uh, I probably still stay away from Henley. It's hard to know off a week like he just had, if that's gonna, if it's a letdown or if he just kind of still rides the wave of the good form that he showed to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued by Zalatoris off this tier. I uh, haven't seen him, but uh, at his peak last year, he was worth that price and more. And uh, he was a guy that made a lot of birdies, factored in major championships. Um, there's other guys that I, I would guess would be rostered more, more popular off this tier, but I'm sort of intrigued uh, by Zalatoris to try, try to fire him up this week. I, I love this tier. This is my favorite group of the whole of the whole tournament here. I'm going to try and start most of my teams with two guys in this level. Um, love Corey Connors as always, 9,400. I love Matthew Wolf at 9,300. I like Answer at 9,200. Uh, top 20 here the last three years and top five the last two years. And I like Zalatoris too. It's first tournament night. You worry about that, but the price is pretty decent. I really like him from a betting standpoint. He's way down the odds. He's 50 to one this week. I think that anytime you get him at 50 to one, I got to do that. But uh, the guy I want to focus on is Wolf at 9,300. First event of the year, but he was top 20 in all four events in uh, October, November. Three top 11s in that group. Really good T degree in the fall. He's kind of figured out all his mental health stuff, playing really well. I mean, he's a guy that was was there with, with Morikawa and, and Hovland when, a couple years ago. We were talking about the young studs coming up. He won really early, went through some mental health stuff. But uh, you know, he's eighth in, in birdie or better get opportunity gain in, the, in, the, in this field in the last 24. It's a great stat this week because you got to make birdies this win this week. He's going to murder the par fives in all three of these courses. Um, I love Wolf at 9,300, and I like the other the three guys too. I think this is a really good range, and I'm going to take two of those four guys on almost every team. Earlier, you guys mentioned the 12 of 13 playing one of the Hawaii events, Zalatoris. Maybe that his to win odds are higher because yeah. of that. Could uh, be. Although you would say the same about Wolf, though, I would guess, yeah. but that's not true. Um, it's interesting. He's 28, uh, at least on, uh, what is it, MGM, he's 28 to 1, whereas uh, Zalatoris is 45 to 1. Uh, yeah. Same same odds as Justin Rose, which we know is the the Jeff Ritter friend of the pet co- podcast at least. But uh, I don't know. We'll, maybe maybe we'll address that later. Um, 
Quick note here from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thank you for indulging that. Uh, they, uh, Blue Wire hosts all the Rotowire podcasts, including Gaming Golf. So we thank you for that. $8,000 tier. Let's go to Scott in this. Here are the guys Cameron Tringale, 89. Patrick Reed, 88. Christian Ben Wiesenhut, 87. Justin Rose, 86. Ricky Fowler, 85. Alex Noren, 84. Siwoo Kim, 83, the defending champ. Carlos Ortiz, 82. Johnny Vegas, 81. And Luke List and Charles Hal at 8,000. Scott, what jumps out here? Uh, what jumps out is how little I like this range. These are all guys that you know, usually are in the 7,000s. I hate to pay in the 8,000s for them. But if I'm going to do it, you got you got to get somebody in here. Uh, two guys at the bottom of the range. I'm going to play some Johnny Vegas at 8,100. Uh, finished well in the fall. He's uh, he's ninth tee to green in this field in the last 24 rounds. So hitting the ball really well. I do like him a little more on Bombers courses, but maybe he can kind of club down and, and hit more fairways. But I think he's very playable 8,100. And the guy that I keep going back and forth on is Luke List. He's he's hitting the ball really well right now. His putter is an, always a disaster. He's lost strokes gained putting in eight of the last nine tournaments. But you look at some of the key stats here, he's at fourth in the in the entire field in birdie or better percentage gain in the last 24 rounds. He's third in tee to green. Um, he's just playing really well. He's top 11 in three of his last four events in the fall season. He's a little risky for a guy in the 8,000 just because the putter can always go fully sideways. But uh, I'm going to be playing some of him. I think he's got actual you know, top 10 uh, chances here. Uh, I like Liston and Vegas in this range. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I, I have Patrick Reed on my season-long team, as we said. It was not for this week. Uh, this is not I, – I think Patrick Reed has actually won this event, but usually he misses the cut, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while <laughs> since he's played the weekend. 
Uh, I'm bullish on a Ricky Fowler comeback season, but not 8,500 this week. Uh, I kind of like Carlos Ortiz this season, but I don't like, you know, as his first time back, and I believe he took a couple months off to rehab an injury. So, yeah, there's more, uh, you said it, there's more not to like in the 8,000 tier than there is to like. Uh, and Charles Howell, I mean, we're not in Hawaii anymore. So I, you, you got to kind of, you pick your spots with Howell, uh, although he is a cut-making machine at, at certain tracks. So I don't know. I guess if I was going to pick one, I might just lean into uh, Christian Bidswedenhout, a name that I'm practicing because I think I'm going to be saying it a lot this year. He's just a player on the rise that um, – I just like the general trend of his career. Uh, I'm not sure that he's necessarily a great course fit, but uh, just go in the right direction. If I had to pick someone off this tier, I'd go for him. Yeah, I like him too. I was actually a little surprised he didn't think he belonged in this tier because, I mean, he just never misses. Never misses cuts. He's one of the better golfers there. I think he's earned this spot. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think he stood out to me in this tier. I do like, uh, some, you know, getting the discount, getting a guy like List instead. I get that, but... Uh, uh, at the same time, I thought he was at least, I'm glad you mentioned him there. So $7,000 tier. Again, too numerous to name all of them. So let's just go right to it here. Uh, Jeff Ritter, who do you like in the $7,000 tier? This is this is one of the tournaments I sort of flagged in the back of my head at the auction. I, I think Gary Woodland, you know, is a lost season for him. Uh, won a major a couple years ago, and then it was just injury plagued sort of mess last year. But yeah. I think he's a guy, he's got a big game. He's got a major championship. Uh, he's healthy. I think it's a bounce back year. I could see it starting this week. I think that's a really, that, that, that's, he's priced like it's last year still, which I understand he hasn't, you know, hasn't done it yet. But uh, I think getting him under, under 8,000 is, um, that is, that is tempting. And the other guy I'd give you is a, a guy that's trending up or just consistently been trending up. I think Harold Varner uh, is going to win somewhere this year. He's been, splashing around at some of the bigger field events. You've seen him pop up on leaderboards on weekends at majors. I think he's due. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he contends this weekend as well. Scott? I got, yeah, I got two, two in the upper 7,000s, two in the lower that I like. Uh, the first one was Varner, so I will, I'll just go on that quick. I, I just think he's playing. He's, we don't know how he's, he hasn't played that this year, but we finished really strong. He had what, four top 16s in the last like six tournaments. So, He's playing really well, and I think the price is pretty good here. But we talk about ball striking. You look at Lucas Glover last week. He finished fifth, but you look at the ball striking. It was insane. He gained 9.4 shots tee to green, 9.5 on shots gains approach. Like two key stats in, 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 in any tournament. He led the field in tee to green. He absolutely massacred the field approach. I think the next guy was in the sixes. Like it wasn't even close to uh, to, to him winning the winning the uh, winning that, that category. So I think it's seventy six hundred coming off a really good week at Sony. You know, it's Lucas Glover. He can always let us down, but I think in the seven thousand, I think he's a really solid play for a guy who's absolutely just striking the ball great right now. And then two young guys in the bottom here. I like uh, I like Taylor Moore at seventy three hundred. He was a guy that was really good on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Uh, Thirteen finishes in the top fifteen. He he had a he had a pretty good showing in the in the in the swing season. He finished eighth at the RSM, gained five point four strokes on T degree in that tournament. He played four events in October, November, three top twenty fives. He had one missed cut, but three top twenty fives shows me he's ready to uh, he's ready to maybe not win right now, right away, but but compete right away. And I like him at seventy three hundred. And my final guy is a guy that I mentioned last week, and he worked out really well. Hayden Buckley is at 7,200, uh, 12th at Sony, and really uh, hit the ball well, gained 5.6 on T to Green, 3.9 off the tee. 
His last five events, you look at it, fourth, eighth, and twelfth in there. Like that's three really good showings for Buckley, a good up up and coming young player, showing some legit upside. And get seventy two hundred. Uh, give me a guy that has a chance to make the top ten. I think that Buckley has that chance. Just give me that chance. I actually like him too. Uh, I want to bring up a narrative one. This is a this is the I'm stealing from the Jeff Ritter wheelhouse here, but Jason Day uh, has never, at least in the last ten years, has not played this tournament at all. There's no course history that I can find. Um, he, he's all about the farmers. He's all about the Northern Trust. However, he is. If he, I, and I, this is going, I guess this isn't really narrative as much as that. I, I guess I'm making it a narrative. But if uh, going according to like PGA Splits 101, a good uh, Twitter account you should follow. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. He's really good on the West Coast recently too. He's also really good at shorter courses uh, versus like the rest of his data set. He this is if there's a time Jason Day is going to perform, it's on the West Coast swing. But we have zero course history with him. We have nothing. Um, it, it's it's really weird. But he's priced at seventy three hundred. That's enough for me. That's low enough for me to want to find out. Uh, I I know there's not much recent form to go with, and there's no course history. So it, it's kind of a prayer. But at seventy three hundred, an accomplished golfer like him, I think it's worth taking a chance. What do you guys think? It's all about health, right? I mean, just so many injuries throughout the years. Um, I think it's a great bet for at that price. Like you said, it doesn't really hurt you. It doesn't kill you if he misses the cut, but not only could he make the cut, but there's, there's upside. What if, what if he's back? You know, I, I think that's a great call. It does. It's it, just think about it too. Like Jason day on the West coast, seems like he's been on every pebble beach leaderboard. Like for right. this is his time of year where if he's right, he tends to show it. So don't know if La Quinta or, you know, the stadium course is the spot, but I like that pick. And you call it, you call it a prayer, but like usually we have a prayer. We're like hoping guys make the cut. Like Jason Day could like legit win this tournament. I mean, he's a guy. Right. I mean, obviously health is key, but yeah, seventy hundred is hard to find guys. Uh, you know, with this sort of uh, history, obviously it's it is on health, like like Ritter mentioned. But yeah, I like it. I actually took him in our season long. Yeah, I think we're gonna get a bounce back year. I saw a a video with him. I'm talking about how he's how much he's working out. And he's looked really good and feeling really good. Obviously, he's not gonna. Oh, you're otherwise. watching workout videos now. I'm watching Uh-oh. workout videos. It's the, uh, there's a, I can't remember the guy, oh, Gregory Polanco in baseball is how I, that's how I ended up with him and it never works out because he's, <laughs> he's always like working out in the Dominican. He looks yoked and sweating and it's always, I'm always fired up and it never works. But um, I saw, Except I, I it saw, worked with Cespedes. It worked with Cespedes. He, you know, that was the, that's the original, but uh, as I long haven't seen not, As long as you're not watching uh, boar wrangling videos on Cespedes, you're probably good because that didn't yeah. work out quite as well. But you, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it, it looked like Day was, was healthy and really working out. So I, I like that. I think he's, uh, I think he's in line for a big year. I think I want to see how he looks first before I uh, put too much money into it. But 7,300, I, I think it's worth a step. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's good to know a guy in the cheap range that you can build in a uh, you know, start with, and that gives you some buffer to build like two thousand nine thousand dollar guys, yeah. or maybe squeeze in a high eight thousand instead. Of, like if I if I'm big on Bezuiden Hut, for instance, there you find that lower price guy, and that that makes it fit a little bit better too. Sure. Uh, let's go with let's go with now. Let's go with the real stabs here. The six thousands um, again, too voluminous to mention. This is a full field tournament, uh, but it's a fifty four hole cut. So meaning you get three days of these guys. Maybe it's okay to take a risk in here. Who do we like here? Scott, who do you like? So, yeah, your point on the 54-hole cut is really important. I think you're you're more willing to take a stab down here because even if a guy barely misses the cut, you get three rounds of scoring at him. You only, and the key is you only miss out on one round, whereas usually you miss out on 50% of the scoring. So right. uh, very important. There's not a ton of names down here that I like. Uh, I, you know, These low seven guys I like a little bit more, but there's two guys that I do like in the high sixes. 
Um, the first is Dylan Wu at 6,900. He finished 20th Sony last week, but you look at his his stats and he just hit the ball great. He was gained 7.1 strokes tee to green, 5.4 approach. The guy that made the made the cut at the U.S. Open last year, uh, he would finish 31st, so like a pretty good showing at Tory last year. Played four swing events, made three cuts. So I think uh, I think Wu is a guy that uh, you know you really can play, and I think he's got a really good chance to make the cut. And the other guy is Davis Riley, who also finished 20th Sony. He's 6,800. Um, he got a little bit too much help on putting that uh, that really helped his week, but uh, did gain 2.1 on approach. Um, but he's third in the field in the last in the last 24 rounds in birdie or better gain. I talked about that earlier. A stat that I really like this week: you got to make birdies, you got to get into positions to make birdies. And he's third in the entire field when you look in the top last 24 rounds. So I love that stat right there. 6,800 for Davis Riley. I, I think it's a really solid play. I notoriously drafted Davis Riley last year without realizing he was barely ever going to get a chance to play. Uh, so he's playing a little bit more this year. Yeah. Jeff? So I'll I'll defend my pickup from our fantasy league. Uh, I, I made an early move. I, I became disenchanted with uh, Steven Yeager after one week and a miscut. There's just a lot of young guys that, you know, if you can just – get lucky on a poker chip, you know, early in the year or something in these season long leagues. And so, uh, Sahith Igala is the college player of the year, won everything you can win as a collegiate at Pepperdine, earned his way into the tour through the corn Ferry tour. I sort of, I had him on my list. I saw he didn't get drafted and I just thought it was just, it was just eating at me that he wasn't on a team. And so I put him on, put him on my season long roster. I don't know if this is the week, but I like that he got, uh, sort of indoctrinated to the PGA tour last fall uh, he was the leader, I believe, on the weekend at the Sanderson, briefly. He's been a, a top 10, but I think he even had a taste of the lead. So guys like that, I just I think back to like a Bryson DeChambeau or just decorated AMs, college players who just – they just need time on the tour to get comfortable. And so he's someone that, you know, his his uh, collegiate success just jumps off the page. It's just like, you know, a, a level above um, his competition there. I just think maybe as the year goes by, it's going to be someone to watch. So I wanted in early. I'm not sure this is the week, but I'll, I'll be watching. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm going to throw out Matthew Neesmith. Uh, I, I I didn't make the cut here, but another good West Coast player um, at 6,800. I, I think he's actually a pretty decent ball striker too. I don't think he'll monkey around. No, nothing, nothing. Okay. I was uh, trying to figure out if the monkey was a joke on his name, and I don't think it was. It was. Um, What's the joke? The monkeys. Oh, I was going James Naismith, inventor of basketball. I didn't. Uh, the monkeys. Come on. I was the only reason I didn't respond is I was trying to figure out the pun, and I realized that <laughs> I'm not. I'm not nearly old enough Force to get it. So pun. there we are. Force the pun. You are just as old as I am, or almost. <laughs> I like to. I like to. I like to blame your bad. Uh, your bad uh, references on being too old, though. So it, it makes it more fun. Yeah. I mean, you're. What are you? What? Fifty three. Uh, 56 okay. this year. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, that, that's one. It, I don't know how much I'm going to be, uh, in this tier. I'll probably be in the sevens more than I will be in the sixes. Cause I think you can get enough sevens to afford what you want. Uh, maybe go multiple there and still not be that far behind the field. Uh, let's move to a gaming respe- uh, perspective real quick. Cause we're running a little long. Uh, Jeff, what do you like this week on the gaming side of things? I'm going uh, for the straight ticket bets. I like that Willie Z bet a lot. I, Golf Odds has him 50 to 1. You said you saw him 45 to 1. That seems like a value. I also like Matthew Wolf a lot. I forgot to mention him in my earlier spiel, but uh, I think he's another guy. He's got it sorted out, and his game, he's got a big enough game to win again and win soon now that he's back out there. Uh, I show him 30 to 1. I would take that. 
And then I will, uh, I would stay with Gary Woodland, who I show at 80 to one. Um, he's also kind of a West Coast guy. He's another guy that just flashes early in the year often uh, if he's right. So those are, that's where I would head with the, the single ticket bets. Scott? Yeah, Jeff and I are on the same page on, on some of these here. I like uh, I like Zalatoris at 50 to 1 too. I just think it's a good value for how good of a player he is. I know we don't have any recent form right now, but I just I think he's he's so solid that we could get a we get a flash here pretty good. I'm definitely betting Matthew Wolf. I am at 28 to 1 on DraftKings right now. Um, so be it on that. And then the kind of way it works out, I can take one more guy in this range. It's tough. I like Answer at 25 and Connors at 22. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to live with myself if I don't go take Connors and he wins. So I think I'm gonna side there at 22 to 1. Uh, so Connors, Wolf, and Zalatoris, and then I'm gonna drop down for a couple of late darts. Uh, Lucas Glover, 130 to one, I think is worth a couple bucks, just how, just based on how well he hit the ball last week. And then I'm gonna stick with Hayden Buckley another week, 130 to one, couple bucks there. Um, I think it's a guy that really showed well last week, a young guy that could uh, could take a step up. And this is a kind of tournament where someone like that can win. You get guys from from deep in the pack that do win at this tournament. So uh, Glover and Buckley on the darts. I wish Taylor Moore was a little bit less. I think people have bet him down. He's 80 to one. So I wish he was in the Glover and Buckley range also, but uh, Connors Wolf, Zalatoris on the top uh, kind of mid range and middle and then uh, Glover and Buckley at the back. I can't believe John Rahm's five to one to win a, a full field event. That's a, that's a, it's a crazy line. It, it's, it's, it's well, well-deserved, but my five to one, 144 man event is just crazy. You don't see that very often. Yeah. I mean, he, he, the thing is, yeah, you, you're not getting any sort of value out of there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like many of those. I would, if I were in Vegas, I might throw a shekel at Harold Varner at uh, 90 to 1. Uh, and I mentioned Jason Day already. Uh, I think uh, those those are two that I'd be interested in. in what addition, is, uh, what, what's Day at right now? I think, at least according to BetMGM, he's also at 90 to 1. Oh, I got him 130 to 1 on DraftKings. So that that's good. So this is why, and hey, there's a lesson here. Yep. Go shop. Go shop I, those uh, odds. I'm I just, looking at I, degree. I, I see day there right now. Yeah. Yep. I just add him for three bucks for with Glover and Buckley. I think I've got to do it on day just in case yeah. he just in case he's ready. And BetMGM doesn't have odds for Varner. So at least not not where I'm looking at least. So maybe that's changed on the actual site. I'm looking at uh, Rotowire has uh, uh, betting odds. Uh, if you go to Rotowire, doc, uh, Rotowire slash golf slash sports betting, you can show all the recent odds from multiple sports books. So make sure you do some shopping around before you plunk down. Plunk down. You might find yourself a deal. One and done. Jeff Ritter, what do you got? Well, Patrick Cantlay is going to win the event. So I'm going to go ahead and not uh, – one of the mistakes I made in the one and done last year is I, I left too many bullets in the chamber for majors. Right. And uh, I'm just going to take a great player who's playing great right now. I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay to win. That's it's a good overall point on one and done, too. Because if you use somebody and they win, like who cares if you use them? Like that is a gigantic win. Getting wins Absolutely. is so hard. Like people always say people are majors – if you use Cantley and misses the cut, yeah, that screws you and that's bad. But if you use him and he wins, like who cares who went? Like it's just a huge, huge edge. You get Do you draw the line at Rom though? I mean, you wouldn't use Rom here, would you? Uh, I'm probably not because I just don't think. I think it's a little. I don't think he's going to win. I I think that five if five to one's insane. But yeah, if you want to use him, but yeah, I mean, I think Rom in majors is big, but I just contradict myself. But if you think he's going to win, I have no issue doing it. Like if you think he's going to win, I just. Uh, I don't see it this week. Uh, I'm going to go Matthew Wolf. Actually, as my as my one and done. Like him to bet. I really like the form we saw in the fall. I don't love they didn't play one of the two events last week. That's a little concerning. But uh, I kind of in these events, I want a really good player, but not an elite guy. So I think it's uh, I think Wolf's gonna be my one and done pick. But uh, yeah, I mean, if Cantley wins, go for it. And it's uh, I, I can't argue that either. So I'm writing down my one and done pick this time. So are you actually, actually going to then click the mouse and enter it in yes. the pool though? Yes, I am. All right, Corey Connors, come on down. Everybody's like favorite Canadian. Love it. Um, and 
Yeah. So I and I wrote it down this time. It's going in. So there you go. Uh, all right. Parting thoughts. Anything else before we go? No, just looking forward to this event. I hope uh, I hope with three courses we don't see too much of the uh, slow play and amateur stuff. But uh, I don't know today. I know there's another shot link on two of the three courses, which makes it tough to kind of figure out how well guys are playing. But I, I'm hoping they have cameras on two of the three courses. But usually, I remember it was it was I forget who it was last two years ago or three years ago. Someone was like about to get a 59 and had to like run cameras over the course. So it's uh, it's yeah. always it's always a tough event these courses. You hope you hope you see uh, enough stuff. This and Pebble both. You never get yeah. to see the – like, I would love to see more of Spyglass and we never get to. But anyways. Yeah, Spyglass is awesome, by the way. That's what I hear. That's I'll never I be hear. A, Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not connected like you, so I can't get on there. So we'll, we'll I, uh, I can get you free lodging if you ever want to play. Cool. I'm in. I'm definitely yeah. in. You have, to, you, have to, you have to bunk up with my mom and her, her boyfriend, but we're, we're good. Let's, let's road trip, dude. It's let's still do it. It's still free. Still worth it. All right, Jeff, any parting thoughts before we go? I'm excited to see Rom again this week. I just think he's starting to reach that next level. You know, yeah. none of us picked him in the one and done, but he start, he's really like, you know, continuing last summer and through the, the Ryder Cup, he was unbelievable. Uh, I'm excited to just sit back and watch him as well this week because he's really taking his game to a new place. Feels like it's been a long time since so we had a very, very clear number one in the world, and I think he's very clear number one in the world. Absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I always want, I lo love watching him play, even if I'm rooting against him. Like, dude, he's so good. Like, you know, like I had, you know, we both had Cam Smith going in, in, in Kapalua, and, but you got to appreciate Rom. Just never misses. Just never misses. It's amazing. All right. That's going to end up today's uh, pod. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thanks for listening. If you want to help us out, you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button there. You can watch us whenever you want. You'll get notifications when any of the RotoWire golf tent comes up there. It helps us a lot. It helps with that algorithm there. So please click that, that subscribe button on YouTube uh, for RotoWire Golf. Thanks for listening. Good luck in your tournaments this week. Take care. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens. And that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.